you don't know what a person is going through and they may come home and they may look at a piece of art and that art just takes them to a different place. Because when it tells the story, it's telling the story that they're seeing. It's not telling, it may not be telling the story that the artist is meant to tell, but it's telling the story that they're seeing. That's the beauty of art. Thanks for joining us on Louisiana's Playground Podcast, your roadmap to all things Lake Charles, Louisiana. I'm Brady Raynard. And I'm Anna Strider. We're here today to bring you episode number nine. We've been telling you all, all about the authentic stories that our area has to offer, from the arts and culture to the food and to everything in between. Today is a really special episode as we talk about the Black Heritage Gallery. Yeah, we welcome on Dr. William Mayo, a board member for the Black Heritage Gallery, as he'll come and really dish about what the gallery does for the black community in Southwest Louisiana and just for the community overall as it gives a voice to so many people and so many experiences that our local and statewide artists go through. But before we get started with the great conversation, we are here to bring you a taste of Southwest Louisiana as we always do on each episode with our On the Eats segment. We go to a different restaurant and this week, the VLC van takes us down the road, down Highway 14 to Leonard's Food Quarters, one of my favorite local down-home spots in the entire city to eat. Leonard's is this just rich piece of the community when it comes to the food. When you're in there, it's a Cajun Creole food with a touch of soul is how one would describe it. The family opened the business in 1986 in the same location that it's been in all this time and now has three generations of family working in the business today when we went to eat. For sure, Mr. Leonard and then his son Marlon and now his son all have worked there and so it's really a piece of family history and because of that has become a cornerstone of Southwest Louisiana history because you bring up Leonard's and I guarantee you everyone, if you ask, hey, you want to go eat at Leonard's today? Everyone's raising their hand, yes, because they have such a diverse menu. I think that's the one thing that really stands out. They've got the Creole Cajun dishes, as we talked. They've got the plate lunches. They've got the seafood and the pull boys. They even have pizza, which I think might be a nod to uh, Mr. Leonard's time working at another local establishment before he ever opened Leonard's, which was Tony's Pizza. Mr. Leonard really has a love for the French Quarter and truly brings pieces of the French Quarter and nods into the menu and the restaurant itself. The restaurant is a casual, laid-back spot that's really great for lunch. I guarantee you, any time that you go in there, every table is going to be full. You walk into the restaurant and you immediately meet the counter that has house-made desserts there, a variety of menu options. They have daily specials and it's all just right there when you walk in and then you kind of go around the corner a little bit and it's just this cozy atmosphere um, of people just enjoying their plate lunches. And while I think the restaurant really shines during lunch, I think that's probably the best time to really eat at Littard's. They're also open until seven o'clock and they open in the morning for breakfast. So it's definitely a breakfast, lunch, dinner spot. I just really think that it shines the most during lunch because of the kind of the atmosphere and the really feel of community and like you're a part of something when you kind of walk in. I think that's when lunch is really the sweet spot for them. But make sure you have time to Take a walk after lunch because those plate lunches are extremely large. You ain't lying. <laughs> Today, I had to split my meal, but I got the fried shrimp po' boy. And I've got to say, I've been looking for a fried shrimp po' boy in southwest Louisiana that just hits every nod. And this, by far, is my favorite fried shrimp po' boy. What about it? It's 
everything. The shrimp is just fried perfectly. I like a light batter on my shrimp, and this is a little bit of a lighter batter. The mayonnaise that they put on it almost has a little kick to it. Maybe it's seasoned with Tony's or something. And then lettuce and just the bread is crispy. They cut it in half. They've got the paper wrapped around it. It just doesn't get much better than this. And a generous portion of fries. Oh, absolutely. So between the half a sandwich I ate and the fries, I'll definitely be bringing some back for dinner. And I think that's a staple of everything on their menu, too, is a generous portion. I don't believe you could order anything there that's a full-on meal and you say, ah, there wasn't quite enough there. There's plenty of food. I, for You'd one— You'd be fibbing yeah, if that yeah. was the case. Oh, absolutely. I got the red beans and rice with the fried pork chop and cornbread because, of course, I did. If I don't get gumbo somewhere, I'm going to get the pork chop or the red beans. Um, and the red beans have a great flavor. There's sausage cut in it, of course, and a giant pork chop placed on top that covers the entire plate lunch. So plenty of pork chop, which is a great fried pork chop, huge. Their cornbread has a great consistency. It's really soft, but at the same time can hold itself to being picked up and eaten. And so all of the best aspects of the cornbread, the red beans and rice have great flavor. And then, like I said, a perfect fried pork chop and it completes a great, although heavy, meal. And I did have a bite of Brady's red beans and rice, which I absolutely love, and it hit the spot. I might have to get that next time. But Leonard's is also known for a number of other plate lunch specials. They have their local favorites, which are the smothered beef tips, rice and gravy, seafood combo, and then, of course, that red beans with pork chops. So just really rich, hearty dishes that truly speak the Cajun Creole soul food that we love here in southwest Louisiana. Yeah, and the location's really good, too. Just off of I-10, uh, not very far down the road, down Highway 14, uh, also called Gerstner Memorial Drive. Uh, it's also located closely to Suella Technical College and Chenault Airport as well. So it's a great spot to jump off the interstate either way, although it is much closer to I-10, and go grab some delicious down-home southern Cajun Creole with a touch of soul food. So head on over to Leonard's Food Quarters, order up one of their daily specials or one of their plate lunch specials, and let us know what you think. From a great meal to a great guest, we welcome on Dr. William Mayo onto the podcast. Mayo is the vice president of the board of directors for the Black Heritage Gallery, which allows him to follow one of his passions, which is delivering community access to diverse cultures, the arts, and various charities. His 20-year professional career led him from being a Head Start social worker to the dean at Soella Technical Community College. Now, he's just enjoying the retirement life. Dr. Mayo's career has enabled him to develop a strong understanding of the various needs of the community, industry, educational institutions, and government agencies. He has an in-depth knowledge and the ability to successfully build relationships based on trust between diverse individuals, populations, and communities. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mayo. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. We're thrilled to have you here, Dr. Mayo. And you know, there's so many great things that we talk about that our area has to offer. And our arts and culture scene is just one of those special parts of this community that is so intertwined in so many different ways. So we're really excited to talk about that here with the Black Heritage Gallery today. But before we get started, we want to ask you a few questions to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. The first question, crawfish or gumbo? Both. Both? Okay, we'll let you have that one. Why, why both? Why can you not decide between either? You cannot live in Louisiana and not love gumbo and love crawfish. 
um, I stay in Louisiana because they don't know how to make craw- uh, make gumbo or they don't have crawfish anywhere else in the world. That's good. No arguments from me. <laughs> I can't disagree either. The food here is just something spectacular. All right. Next question. Poolside or beachside? Beachside. Why is that? Because poolside is controlled. Beachside is not. So you like to? The naturalness of the um, the water, the sand. And I've grown up in southwest Louisiana. We're basically a beach community. And I imagine your love for the arts kind of ties into a little bit of that. Exactly. You love to see the natural colors of the water and the greens and the different blues and the different colors that come from the water and the sand and the grass. It's just a wonderful thing. And then I also am a Scorpio. I'm a water sign person, so... I'm a water sign over here as well, so I'm totally vibing. And not to mention the sunsets that you can get at the beach here are just out of this world with the colors as they're setting over the Gulf. I can't get enough. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times, Southwest Louisiana has the best sunsets I've ever seen. It's a beautiful place. It is a beautiful place. I, 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 all I have to do is post a picture of a sunset and there's 40,000 likes waiting for me because you can't argue with, with what the sun, how the sun sets here. Mm -hmm. It's just different. It's one of those, you've got to see it for yourself to, to really appreciate it. And looking at the city in the dusk in the morning and in the evening, when the sun's coming in the morning, when the sun's coming up and when the sun's going down in the evening, it's just the prettiest setting, particularly with the, what we call the CM Tower, now the Capital One Tower. Uh, it's just the prettiest thing. Southwest Louisiana is one of the best places in the world to live. Well, we've really sold it. I can say that today. All right, podcast is over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, our final question. Concert or comedy show? Oh, concert. That was tough, though. That was tough. Uh, you like a con- good comedy show, but it is nothing like getting a good concert um it, it's just the music in particularly our outside concert yes now that we've gotten to know you a little bit better and how you enjoy southwest louisiana let's transition into what you're here for today which is to talk about the black heritage gallery and all that it does to help improve the the culture the diversity the representation here in southwest louisiana but before we get into it too deep how did it start The Black Heritage Gallery started in 2001 with a grant from the Junior League. Um, It was part of the Black Heritage Festival. They brought in the Negro National Baseball League um, to exhibit. And so June 28th of 2001 is when that happened. And it's been in existence ever since. How many types of art galleries like this that focus on the significance of black heritage, are there really in the state that can compare to what we have here? Um, There's probably about four or five uh, across the state. Uh, In Southwest Louisiana, we have one. Right. But I was reading earlier that the Black Heritage Gallery here in Lake Charles was one of the first 26 initial sites of the Louisiana African-American Heritage Trail. Exactly. It it was. It it was one of the first initial sites under uh, then-Lieutenant Governor Mitch Landrieu, and it was put on that trail. So it is a significant piece of Louisiana's history and Louisiana's culture. For sure. And that's what's so special about this area. We've said it before, the melting pot of different cultures here in this area is what, to me, makes 
our food so good, mm-hmm. our people so good, and just overall the experience of living and visiting in Southwest Louisiana so unique and kind of special. What do you believe is the significance of Black Heritage here in the area? Black Heritage Gallery is more than just an, just the arts. It's about history. It's about bringing history to the masses uh, of a culture. One of the things we have to realize is art does not belong to just the rich. It belongs to everyone. It is a tracker of history. It is what makes us who we are. It's not just um, looking at something that's pretty, but it's looking at something that's telling a story. One other thing that we have to realize about the Black Heritage Gallery, we also have exhibits such as the Negro Baseball League, uh, remembering help, celebrating their service, things like that that bring history to life and remember what the past was. So it's a it's a very important piece to this uh, part of the state. And that vision of wanting to make sure, as you said, that art isn't just for the rich, I imagine was really the focal point of making sure that this was going to be a free to the public gallery. Yes. And we work very hard to make sure that our exhibits are free to the public um, through grants, uh, whether it's through the Arts Council or through the Junior League or whomever, um, uh, Sassol and and several others, uh, Community Foundation, different uh, funders that will assist in enabling us to bring art and exhibits into Southwest Louisiana. And I know there's so many different components of it, but we're talking about how impactful this gallery is and to have this bring to the masses. And with the location being located in the 1911 Historic City Hall, which is right in the downtown of Lake Charles, it's free, open to the public, and lives on the second floor, but it wasn't always housed there. Exactly. It was housed at Central School, which was a great place, but... Matt Young came and he had a conversation with Stella Miller about moving all the arts, all the art galleries into one central location. Um, as with anything, you know, there's some trepidation. And after he laid out his vision and Stella and, her, and the board decided, we moved over there. And it was one of the best decisions that could have ever been made. Because now, not only are you with other galleries, you're in a historic site of the building. And what was really successful, we opened up on December 6th of 2019 with remembering the help celebrating their service in a building where at one time, the people who were servants in Southwest Louisiana caught the bus right outside that building. That was one of the bus stops Mm. that took persons to their places of employment. So, it was very significant, and it's still very significant. On any night that there's an opening, you can come there and you can see the community coming out, not only just to enjoy whatever exhibit or art is being shown, but to enjoy each other. It's really, it's just a, it's a sight that's to be seen at all times. And then you have the different organizations that sponsor that exhibit night with uh, drinks and food. Um, it really is a great time. You mentioned that sense of community. I know you were not with the uh, the gallery since its inception, but you've been with it for nearly two decades worth of time to see it grow and see it become what it is today. Did you guys envision how big of a piece of the community it would become? I'm, I'm sure from its inception, there was a vision that it would grow. 
and it keeps growing. Uh, we have had, um, we've seen the gallery do things that is beyond our wildest dreams. We brought in artists local and afar. We brought in Madeline Benoit from uh, Jennings, a local artist. Um, Eddie Marmon, one of our own. So you just look at these artists and you're like, wow. And yes, I, I, I would to answer your question, yes. I think there was a vision that it would grow. How big it would grow? You know, you just sit back and enjoy the ride and watch it. What is that curation process like, getting those types of artists to come in? What is, to, to from start to finish to kind of get a gallery up, you guys got six of them a year. Right. It's usually a recommendation from someone uh, within the organization or someone has gone off and seen an artist and then they come back and they say, hey, this is a great artist. We think we need to have this artist. And then the process starts to get that artist here. Um, you may have, like the group shows, who are uh, mostly local artists from as young as 12 to upwards of age 40 or so that you bring together for people to see their work. So it's it's a process of sitting there and identifying shows that need to be put out, stories that need to be told. And with these stories, when they have the groups of artwork, I know I've walked through the gallery and there's it it's set up to where every piece really has a very significant place on the wall that it the room and the way that you all curate the rooms in the gallery it tells the story all the way through and there's different pieces of mm -hmm. it and this art is also up for sale so it's also benefiting those artists directly and as we've been talking about telling their stories mm -hmm. correct um the artists are in the artists get 100 percent of whatever uh, proceeds they make from the sale of their art. Stella has banned me from buying any more art. She said, I don't have any more walls in my house, so I'm on probation. But it's it's a process of walking in there and you see this painting that tells a story, um, whether it's Lloyd Wade from Shreveport, Derek Thornton here from Lake Charles, one of our own, Eddie Mormon. So, and they all tell a story. So we're, we have exciting things happening in that gallery. We are, we're educating the community, we're engaging the community, and we're empowering the artists. And that is, you know, you can't get any better than that. It's like our food in Southwest Louisiana. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> I can attest to that. That's, that's a, is that y'all's new motto? It doesn't get any better than that. I think we need to we need yeah, to yeah, let, me, let me write that. <laughs> um, you may have stole it from someone, so we better watch. <laughs> um, with having six exhibits a year, each lasting seven weeks, each one has its own theme as Correct. well. How are those themes chosen? And then you had mentioned curating those. Are they created specifically for the event typically? They're created for, for the artist events. Whatever the event is, the um, the theme is chosen based on the art or who the artist is. So a lot of the artists, they bring in new work to specifically show here at the gallery. They, some bring in new work to show, some bring in work that they're gonna sell, some bring in work that's not gonna be sold, that's not for sale. So they bring it in and then a title is put to what that show is. How do you feel like up to this point, 
you've seen it positively impact these artists. Obviously, getting them a chance to sell their art, getting them a chance to the uh, for the exposure. What have you seen firsthand from some of the artists that it's given them the opportunity? How have they been able to benefit from it the most, do you feel like? Well, I think that one of the things, if you take this show, we have some young artists who have come in. I think what we what has been benefit is the, the exposure. Mm-hmm. Because... Even if you take the young man who's 12 years old, whose piece is very simplicity, but it tells a story, you're going to be looking for something else from that, that young artist because it's now bolstered his confidence to go on. Uh, if you look at the show that Derek Thornton was a part of, which was also a group show, if I'm not mistaken, now he has a he's part of a mural that's at the end of Shattuck and Broad. So it adds to... It exposes, and it's just a wonderful thing. So we're seeing artists that we would otherwise probably wouldn't mm-hmm. know they're here. The general public would know, mm-hmm. and and, it, and then it gives a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. You know, when you run into, particularly a local artist, or any family member, a local artist family member, that they come and they see their family member or children's work on the wall. And it, it, it gives you a sense of pride to show that, look at what my child is doing. Look at their work being put out. And that that's, that's really the good thing about it. And fostering a community of acceptance and encouragement mm-hmm. of the arts and culture community as a whole mm-hmm. is truly important, especially here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking so much about some of these works that are shown in the gallery. And I've heard you just mentioned that you're on probation from buying more art. I can't art. buy any more art. Tell me about one of your, some of your pieces that you have. Uh, I am a, one, I'm a big Madeline Benoit fan. She has several pieces hanging in my, in my home uh, that, that gives uh, simple, the simple life. I would call it very simple. It, talk, it, it tells a story of women. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really just beautiful work. So you know, anytime you can walk through and there's these pieces of art mm-hmm. by uh, Sarah, by, um, by Matlin, and it just tells the story. She has uh, Greek life uh, with women, which is uh, in that picture, the AKAs, the Deltas, and the Zetas. And you don't know their, what their fraternity or their sorority is because it's posted. You know what it is by the colors they're wearing. And they're having a tea party out in the garden. So it tells a story, and you can take that story any way you need to go. Uh, then there's some political pieces. Um, Lord Wade, I have Lord Wade's original Silver Angel, and that Silver Angel tells the strength of women in heaven and the strength of women in religion. That's the story it tells to me. So we have some beautiful pieces. Uh, and these are all ones you've purchased in the gallery All the ones years. I've purchased in the gallery. I'm banned. And from they they watch my checkbook and credit card. (laughs) When purchasing art for you is what speaks to you the most? Is it the message from the artist uh, being conveyed on the canvas, or is it you know how um, I guess for lack of a better term, how pretty maybe something is painted? What what speaks to you the most? It's always the story it tells. Whether it's a political painting, or whether it's a, a painting that just tells the story of family life. It's always the story it tells that pulls me in. And that, hey, that's the greatest thing about it. When you're able to look at something and you have a story coming out of it that you can relate to, 
whether it's let's take the um the sorority picture it, whether it's uh thinking reminiscing of the women who taught me in school or my sisters who are in a sorority and thinking of them all getting together and having tea in the garden and realizing that they're talking about rearing family balancing budgets travel uprising changing the way communities work you know they're the stella millers of the group the, you know so you see those people in the art you buy so that's what i look for and you mentioned uh some of the pieces i couldn't help but notice each of them were women-centric and i know this mm -hmm. that your um was it your thesis paper my dissertation your yeah. dissertation there to uh to earn your doctorate uh also had to deal with women what what is it about women that that serves that reverence for you? Well, I think when you look at particularly the civil rights movement, um, if we can even go back to the bus boycott of Montgomery, um, it was women. You know, now, and we're not going to take anything away from Dr. King or the men that fought in that process, but the women were the ones catching a bus to go to someone else's house and clean. So when the boycott happened, it was the women walking mm. to their jobs. Mm -hmm. So, and we often forget those women. When we look at um, school integration and we look at what happens at school, well, we, we know that at the time, our most majority of our teachers were women. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at the strength of women and how it relates in our communities, uh, all communities, but black women, in general, they have been the backbone of the community. Now, that's not saying that men, black men did not have a place in, in this process, because they do. They have a very strong place, but they have a strong place with the women that have helped to make the community what it is. You know, and, and whether it's in leadership or whether it's in uh, uh, the leadership of your home, it's women. That's extremely powerful. and. I love that that's how you've seen so much of the work and what's represented to you in our Black Heritage Gallery here in the community and what speaks to you. But I think one of the beauties of art, too, is that these same pieces can speak to people in different ways and tell different stories. And they might have a very similar story, but their, their life experience might bring out a different aspect of that story. So I think that's really special. Advocacy is so important. And we have to remember, not only is our education, not only is it engaging, not only is it empowering, it's also advocacy. And we have to take it at a day. You don't know what a person is going through, and they may come home and they may look at a piece of art, and that art just takes them to a different place. Because when it tells the story, it's telling the story that they're seeing. It's not telling, it may not be telling the story that the artist is meant to tell, but it's telling the story that they're seeing. That's the beauty of art. Art is very important and very symbolic to telling the story. You know, it keeps a record that we've been keeping records by art for centuries, from the hieroglyphics to today's time. Longer than words. Longer than words, longer than letters. Yeah. So we are definitely, uh, we owe a lot to art. Well, what exhibit? Speaking of that, then I think it's a great kind of segue to get back to the Black Heritage Gallery and what exhibits or um, exciting things are really ahead overall for it. Well, we have Troy Gibbo, 
from February 3rd to March 24th. We have um, James Hunter, uh, June 2nd to July 28th. Now, James Hunter is the uh, grandson of, uh, is a family member of Clementine. He's the grandson of Clementine Hunter, mm. the great artist out of mm-hmm. Natchitoches. Mm-hmm. So we got some things ahead. And then there's some more exhibits that are going to be coming up that are going to be very exciting. I think that anyone coming to Southwest Louisiana needs to pay a visit to 1911 and see what's going on in that gallery. See the vision of Stella Miller and so many. Um, See the vision of what Matt Young has brought together in something that we can enjoy and something that we all can agree on, that it is one of the most important centers for culture in this area, if not the state. And speaking of it being so important for people to come and visit, it's right here. Like we mentioned, it's right here in downtown. It's free and open to the Mm. public. And if you're lucky enough to be on here, each of these exhibits command are going to have their own reception evening Mm -hmm. where they can come and really engage with the local community. And do the artists come out to these reception evenings? Oh, yes. The artists are there. Um, You have the artists there. So then there's usually a vendor or two that's there. And they're, it's basically geared towards the art and community. So you're going to come out, and this is the greatest thing about it. You have some people that come to the art gallery, and they're coming to see friends that they saw at the last exhibit. Mm. Or they've called each other. We, we, the art gallery has an exhibit that we're all going to meet there. Whether it's a sorority group, whether it's a church group, whether it's a um, just old friends getting together, a class reunion they make their way to the gallery, not just for exhibit night, but even for uh, private showings to be walked through. So it's a, pl- it's a community place. And everybody is welcome. That, that's the thing about it. It's a welcoming site. And then once you see that exhibit, you're, you venture up to the third floor or into the other galleries within the uh, 1911. And so with that, where can people get more information about the gallery, maybe find schedules, or even if they want to be involved and maybe join you there on the board of directors one day? Tell them they can go out to our website, blackheritagegallery.org, or catch one of us as you see us passing in the community. Access the question. We have a robust ambassadors group, and we'd love to have people that come and work in the gallery with us. And... With the Black Heritage Gallery, it's a nonprofit, of course, and there's membership opportunity as well as to get involved and to support the gallery. Right. There is. And you can find all of that information online. On the website. Uh, our ambassadors group is a strong group, and it is a membership that you sign up to be a member. And it, I, I think there's a small fee, membership fee a year. But um, we welcome you to that, uh, to that piece. And there's, there's events that we do as, as a group. Well, Dr. Mayo, it's been a joy to talk with you and hear about your perspective on the Black Heritage Gallery and how it really helps diversify and give a voice to so many here in Southwest Louisiana. Thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you all. And and anytime you need us, just give us a call. But always remember, Southwest Louisiana is the best place to live in the state of Louisiana. Live, work, and play. Yes. Thanks again, Dr. Mayo, for joining us here on the show. And thank you for taking time out of your day to join us here on the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. 
each time you give us a listen, rating, or review, or share the podcast with your friends and family. It helps us grow our audience and to be able to bring you the stories of Southwest Louisiana. Go to visitlakecharles.org slash podcast for more information on where to eat, events coming up this weekend, and things to do in the community. I'm Anna Strider. And I'm Brady Raynard. Thanks again for coming play at Louisiana's Playground. Shake you.